nobody like you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 There's nobody like you, Lord. He loves us with a heart that we can't even come to comprehend. His love is deathless. His love is measureless. His love is boundless. His love is insurmountable. Do you know for you, if he had to part the Red Sea again, he would part the Red Sea? Do you know for us, if he had to rain down manna from heaven, he'd rain down manna from heaven? Do you know that he's always with you? He's not defined by time. If he needed to paint the sun in the sky for two days straight for you, he would do that. Do you know that he can step into time and step out of time, slow time, speed time, just for you? Oh, he loves you. And there's nobody like our Lord. Nobody like our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's just raise our hands one more time to a loving God. Oh, we praise your name, Father. For you first loved us before we ever loved you. And we thank you that we serve a mighty God, a God who still sits on the throne, a God who is the ultimate shot caller. Come on now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Excellent job. You guys can have your seat. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. I kind of wanted that to go on and on and on, but we got to get on with some business. Well, the band was jamming that first song. I almost want to say cut loose. Hallelujah. Okay, as most of you know, uh, I am Johnny Walker. I am not Pastor Joel Gregory. I'm a tad bit taller and a tad bit wider. I do, though, have the dubious honor and the heartfelt uh, honor as well of delivering the word tonight. I always first publicly acknowledge and give thanks to our pastors, uh, Pastor Joel and Pastor Trish Gregory. They're wonderful pastors. If we have any first-time visitors in here, I would encourage you to please, please, please come back on Sunday and sit under the anointed teacher and preaching of our pastors. I and others in this place can tell you that your life will never be the same. Secondly, I always give honor to my wife. I always say she's the better of this connection, the better half. She's my best rib. I always say she's my prime rib. And lastly, I want to acknowledge and thank most of you for pressing your way forward tonight. Hallelujah. I do believe God has a just-in-time word for you tonight. Uh, I won't be before you long talking uh, because I know we've been getting a lot out of the small group discussions. I know I have. So I want to wind up my time before you uh, doing uh, the small groups discussion uh, near the end. Okay? All right. So let's bow your heads for a moment of quick prayer. Father God, I pray that you would render hearts 
in minds, Father God, soft and pliable to receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. I pray that my preaching and my speaking be not with enticing words of man's wisdom and spirit, but in demonstration of your power in your spirit, so that words that not in the wisdom of man, but also, Father, and always in the power of God. I pray that you would give me utterance, that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mysteries of the gospel. And in the end, at the beginning and in between, we'll always give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And if you agree with that prayer, you said? Amen. Amen. I also want to let you know that tonight, if you have your uh, version Bible applications, you can go under events and you'll have my general overview if you want to take notes on any of your electronic devices. All right. Out of the gate, I always like to give the title of my message. The title of my message is this. You are not an ordinary glob of clay. You are a glob of clay with purpose. Turn with me, please, to Jeremiah chapter 18. You are not an ordinary glob of clay. You are a glob of clay with a purpose. I will be reading out of the King James Version of the Bible. I'm going to move kind of quickly because, again, I want to give some time on the back end uh, for discussions in the groups. Verse 1 reads this way. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I, that is the potter, or Jeremiah, I'm sorry, went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you, ye, in mine hand, O house of Israel. So, i got a question. Do I have anybody here that belongs to the house of the Lord? Well, that's a few of you. Do I have anybody here that belongs to the house of the Lord? Have you declared for me and my house we should serve the Lord? Well, has anybody declared for me and my house we should serve the Lord? Hallelujah. Wake up. Shake it out. Come on now. You're in God's house. I'm going to ask you to talk back to me. If you don't say anything, I'm going to come and put the mic in front of you, all right? Amen. Okay, let me introduce this message by talking about uh, an encounter I had with a glob of clay. My experience in high school, we had a potter's wheel in art class. And uh, the way the potter's wheel work, in case you don't know, there's a pedal at the bottom and a little wheel. And it turns, based on the foot speed you give it, it turns a flat, round surface wheel, right? You take globs of clay, you pop it in the center of the turning wheel, and then you can manipulate it with your hands and your fingers, right, based on the speed that you give the foot pedal. I can tell you from experience, molding clay into something is not as easy as it looks. So as I move into the body of my discussion, I will share with you three points about the potter's molding process. And then afterwards, we'll break into small groups and do some discussion. I have some discussion questions for that. All right, so let me put some meat on the bones. So in the context of this scripture, God sends the prophet Jeremiah, right? 
down to the potter's house. God then gives Jeremiah revelation, telling him that he, that is, God controls the house of Israel as the potter is controlling and conforming the clay. So Jeremiah saw for himself that the potter did not discard the marred, imperfect clay. He took that clay, instead reshaped it, remolded it, refined it, and made a finer vessel. Now that leads me into my first point. Thought they may have it up there. Point number one. The potter will smooth out our imperfections. The potter will smooth out our imperfections. Hallelujah. The glob of marred clay represents us. We have imperfections. We have shortcomings. We have funky attitudes. We have low esteem. We have big head, high esteem. We get it twisted sometimes. We get it wrong from time to time. We are imperfect vessels. The world says that when a dog is down, it's dog eat dog, right? Kick a dog when he's down. Good guys finish last. The end justifies the means. Can you imagine where we would be as a, as a people if we were the potter? Think about that. There's nobody like our God. Aren't you happy that his thoughts are not our thoughts? Shouldn't we rejoice because his ways are higher than our ways? Think of the mess we would be in. But here's the good news. God did not leave us to our own devices. He did not leave us to our own schemes nor our own manufacturing. I look up this word potter. In the Hebrew, it is the word yasar, Y-A-S-A-R. And it means to form, to fashion, to shape, and to create. So God is the potter, our creator, our maker. He is the ultimate skilled master craftsman. He's crafting us to be used as he sees fit for his service. Now, unlike the world, God won't kick a dog when he's down. And unlike the world, God won't kick us to the curb. He loves us too much for that. You know, as he's molding us and making us on the wheel that's turning, you know, you sprinkle water on the clay to soften it in certain areas so you really can mold it the way you want it. But he doesn't sprinkle regular water on us. He sprinkles living water on us. Hallelujah. And that's the word of God. So that leads me to my second second point, point number two. Us globs of clay have to be moldable. Turn with me to Luke chapter 6, going to verse 46. Us globs of clay have to be moldable. When you get to Luke 6, verse 46, say hallelujah. All right, that's a few of you. Say, bring me some chicken. Say something. Verse 46 reads, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. So then in verse 48 and 49, God says, If you follow 
my leading, my guiding, and my prompting, and you do what I have placed into you, which is your intent, your purpose, your gifting, your anointing, your natural bent, if you do those things, verse 48, he is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But those that don't do the intent and the purpose that God has placed in you, and you don't follow his leading, his guiding, and his prompting, you get verse 49. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. See, a key element in the molding process is the application of pressure. Pressure had to be applied at the right time, in the right place, during the right season. We as the gloves of clay must, be, must conform to the desire of the master craftsman. The clay has to be in a state where it is moldable to the touch. Yielding to the potter's touch is of premier importance. Following his leading, as I said earlier, and adhering to his, his design, his will, his intent, his purpose for our lives makes all the difference in the world. You know, we're free will beings. God will not force himself on us. He's a gentleman. We can make our choices. We can go left or we can go right. Yielding to the potter, yielding to a natural potter, a person that's, that's molding clay, yielding to him or not yielding to the pressure he applies could be the difference between a bowl and a plate. Could be the difference between a, a cup and a vase. Right? If you're snooty, a cup and a vase. Yielding to the master potter could be the difference between being an ambassador or being an embarrasser. Could be the difference between being a preacher man or a pimp man. Could be the difference between being a minister or a menace. Could be the difference between having profound wisdom or just being plain dumb. You see, selfishness, pride, foolishness slows and extends the process, but nevertheless, our master will not give up on us. I mean, to do so would be admitting that he made a mistake in the first place, and God does not make mistakes. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not a mistake. Hallelujah. 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 So, God would never say, I brought you into this world, now I'm taking you out. No, he doesn't say talk like that because he loves us too much. He's a big God with a big heart, full of mercy, full of grace, and that, and full of love, right? Eternal, forever. Hallelujah. So, don't throw in the towel because of a blemish. Don't give up because of a setback. If God can make over murderers like Moses, like David, the Apostle Paul, surely he's big enough to handle our Mickey Mouse imperfection and flaws. Hallelujah. 
that gets me to point three. Us gloves are destined and intended for purpose. Us gloves are destined and intended for purpose. I won't spend a lot of time going over purpose because we did that during our 40 days of Connect campaign, right? Connect to God, connect to family, connect to purpose, and lastly, connect to community. Hallelujah. Psalms 139, please turn there. I'm going to read verse 14, and actually I'm going to stop at verse 15. It reads, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Verse 15, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. You know, I take it back. I'm going to stop at verse 16, and it reads, thine eyes did see my substance Yet being unperfect, imperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. Glory to God. Mm. You know, God has made us unique. He's put his thumbprint. There's, there's not two of us on the face of this earth among eight billion people. You'd never find two exactly the same. We are the most complex the most intricate, the most unique of any creature or organism that ever existed. Angels are jealous of you. They say to God, God, what is man that you be mindful of him or the son of man that you should visit him? God said, wait a minute, I'm Elohim. I made man a little lower than myself. He's given us power. He's given us dominion. He's given us authority. And he's given us status in the name of Jesus. Do you know, put it this way, the human body, how complex is the human body? That's a great question, and I'm so glad you asked. Let me answer that for you. Your body consists of various chemicals, iron, sugar, salt, carbon, iodine, phosphorus, lime, calcium, etc. You got 263 bones, 600 muscles. 970 miles of blood vessels, 400 cups on the tongue alone for taste, 20,000 hairs in your ear to help you distinguish sounds, 10 million nerves and branches, 3,500 sweat tubes to each inch of skin. That's about 40 miles. 20 million miles in our intestines as we suck down food. 600,000 air cells in our lungs to inhale 24 100 gallons of air daily, 40 pounds of jaw pressure to help you handle that chicken, a heart that beats 4,200 times an hour and pumps over 12 tons of blood daily. We have an intricate cell phone system that it communicates to our brain in the blink of an eye, taste, touch, of what we feel and what we smell. Now you tell me, is it possible for you to believe that two rocks bounced off each other in intergalactic atmosphere and created human beings. That's got to be the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. See, our God has made each one of us unique. We're made for a purpose. And that purpose mainly is to bring the gospel, the light, wherever we tread. God placed in us certain gifts, talents, and anointings that when we engage and walk in the purpose he has for us, we have uh, we, we, we have success, we have uh, happiness, uh, and we have tremendous satisfaction. 
But when we're not, there's a flip side, always a flip side. When we're not walking in his purpose for us, things are out of kilter. We don't feel that, 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 you, we don't feel that euphoria, that happiness, that satisfaction. Misery kind of ensues. Um, we give it nice names like, well, you know, I'm just out of my element right now. I, I, I'm not in rhythm right now. I'm like a fish out of sea, out of water right now. Whatever name you want to give it, if we're not doing what God has commanded us to do, we are not fully satisfied. Proverbs, 24, uh, Proverbs 20, 24 says this. Man's goings are of the Lord. How then can he understand his own way? Man's goings are of the potter. How then can the glob of clay understand its own way? Uh, The other night, after financial peace, a young lady came up to me and she said, "Um, you know, I've been doing this job for for years and I'm not fulfilled. I said, you know, okay, what's your your gifting? Oh, I'm a teacher and administrator. And she is, uh, her job is being a receptionist, but she doesn't feel like she's being challenged. She doesn't feel like she can be creative enough. And she was thinking about going into the nonprofit organization arena. And I said, well, if you go into the nonprofit arena, don't you know, you leave corporate America, then you're most likely going to make, you'll be on a lower pay scale than if you stayed where you were. And she said, okay, just like I said, I love my job. Come on, y'all. Catch up, catch up. Actually, she didn't say that. She said, I would be willing to take lower pay to be fulfilled. So I was in, uh, oh, I'm losing time. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to move on. We were in college, in my early days in college. We were in an economics class. I never will forget this. Uh, myself and a lot of other football players and some of the athletes, the professor was going over the Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? At the bottom, it starts out with the safety needs, the protective needs, you know, roof over your head, all that. By the time you get to the top of the pyramid, it's self-actualization. And he made this statement. He said that money ceases to be a motivator. And we all went ballistic. You know, we're about 20 years old. You, you got to prove that to us for the next three classes he had to prove that to us. You mean to tell me that a money ceased to be motivator money? Man, you must build your cotton picking mind. I mean, we just kept at it and at it and at it. But now as I gotten older, I do understand money can cease to have influence. But, it's, you know, money is, you know, some people got to have it. Hey, 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 some people really need it. <laughs> Talking about cash, y'all. Dollar bills, y'all. Almighty dollar. That mean, 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 mean green. I don't know how I got it. Okay. All right. So let me conclude so we can do some small groups time. So let me lead you with three considerations. And they are this. Because God has kingdom work for all of us to do. First, let the potter be the potter. You be conformable clay. Second, no pressure, no progress. Yield to the potter's pressure. And lastly, know and embrace your purpose. Hallelujah. 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 I hope you got something out of that. I will ask you to do this because I am losing time. 
Okay, let's break off into small groups. If you would break off into four, a minimum of four, please. Four people. Come on, circle up, circle up, circle up. We're going to put some questions up there quickly, and we'll have some small group discussions. Circle up, circle up. You can move. You can turn. I'm going to skip my icebreaker for um, for uh, sake of time. Can you put the first question up there, please? All right, minimum of four. Minimum of four. I need four. A minimum of four in the group. Minimum. Minimum. All right. Introduce yourselves quickly, and we're going to go. Give me five minutes for. The first question, first set of questions. Okay, let me draw your attention to the first set of questions. Number one, what kind of power does God the potter hold over the clay? And also, can clay mold itself? Five minutes, go. Well, you're looking at me. <laughs> Time's up, time's up. Got a lot of comments on that. Some people didn't like the question. They can't claim mold itself. All right. Uh, we have another set of questions. Five minutes. Uh, number two. Does a potter simply make things spontaneously on the fly without a plan? How would you say that a potter approaches his work? Does he take a single unit approach or a mass production approach? Hmm. Yeah. West End, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, a lot of discussion there. Good discussion. I am going to squeeze out one more question, uh, which is number three. Which, and you notice there are multiple questions in a question, basically. Uh, but the next one is, reads this way. Is it possible that the clay might wonder and question whether or not it was made right for the ultimate purposes intended. Everybody understand that question? And secondly, how does the potter feel when his creation is not following, flowing in its designed purpose? If you were a potter, how would you feel if what you made did not follow 
its designed purpose. Last five minutes, last question. Give it all you got. He really don't like that one. All right, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know you guys are gainfully still discussing those questions. I saw one group that reverted back to a past question. They were working it out. I heard a lot of words of wisdom around the auditorium here, so I know you were challenged with the questions, which is a good thing. Some of you will wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, that's what I wanted to say. (laughs) You're right, don't call me. Okay, lastly, what I'd like you to do within your groups, if there are any needs uh, that need to be met, I'd like you to talk among yourselves if there is a need for salvation. This is a time for our invitations. If there's a need for salvation in your group, I'd like for you to identify that and pray for the individual. If there is a need, somebody has... um, Uh, We don't call it backsliding. If you have broken fellowship and you want to reunite with the family of God, you can do that within your group. Uh, If someone needs a heavenly language, if they want to speak in tongues, baptism of the Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues, you guys can handle that because you're ministers of the gospel. And lastly, if they are sheep that do not have a shepherd, we have the best shepherds on this side of heaven. You can invite them to join Linked Up Church and be a part of a growing, advancing ministry with all of us. Okay? So take a few minutes and do that, please. I know we mostly are believers, but still, there's got to be one. Find that person for me, please. And in the end, you guys can pray as a group. You can pray for the needs of the group. Okay? We're going to give that another three or four minutes or so.
Hallelujah. 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 Glory.